Hello, and welcome once again to another episode of Unprofessional. I am Dave Wiskus, and I am joined by my friend and yours, Lex Friedman. Hi, Dave. I also like that you emphasize the un and unprofessional. You, you wanted to make sure nobody thought we were professional. Uh, no. if, you're th- if you're looking for professional, you have downloaded the wrong podcast. <laughs> nobody thinks we're professional, least of all our guest, who we're, we're struggling to introduce here. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it wrong. Uh, Faith Corpy? Is that right? Oh, yeah, totally. That would have been a really Nailed bad it. start. What are we going to do? Fat if? Like, I mean, <laughs> how are you going to get this name wrong? Well, uh, I don't know. I just never said it out loud before. And what your middle initial is E, right, Faith? Yes. The E Faith is e always Corby. there. I like it. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that mean? What do you mean? My middle initial? What do you mean it's always? No, what do you mean it's always there? I mean, like, I always have. Anytime my name is written out, the, the initial is always there. Oh, you like to keep it around? Yeah. Just in case. Yeah, exactly. That- you know, it's funny because I, I go by Lex Friedman. So if I'm writing my name, it's just Lex Friedman. But if I, anytime it's the legal thing, I got to go to the full Alexander C. Friedman. I never drop the C. If I'm going to, if there's Alexander, there's always going to be a C. I don't think the C works so well with the Lex, but I think it's good with the, uh, with the Alexander. I hate writing out David. Uh, I should say that signing my name, Alexander C. Friedman, takes about two minutes. So if you're wondering why I'm so slow checking out of the supermarket, that's why. You write checks? No, no, no. You got to sign for the credit card on the digital pad. Just use the pen. <laughs> what do you think I'm signing with? No, PIN, P-I-N. That's like a your code for your debit card. Oh, I don't use a debit card. I use a credit card. You're paying interest on your groceries? No, I pay off my credit card bill each month. I'm earning, <laughs> mo- I'm earning miles on my credit card. I'm, I'm earning miles on my groceries. Faith, how do you buy groceries? <laughs> with a credit card? Yes. So really? you're the loser, Whiskus. <laughs> really? You buy groceries with a credit card? That just seems like a terrible idea. Why? Why is that a terrible idea? Maybe it's because I'm so bad with money that uh, if I don't just have the money come right out of my bank account, I'll never know how much money I really have. Oh. Oh, yeah. That is not a problem that I have. Nor nor I. That sounds like a whole other issue. Mostly because we have so much money, Faith and I. <laughs> In like a joint account? Or? Wait, I'm, I'm still waiting to hear why you don't like writing out David. You just said that, right? That's like one letter difference. <laughs> no. Net. It's, it's a, one it, letter difference, but it's net. a difference. It's not. I don't think of myself as David. He gets he gets annoyed when people refer to him as David. That got deep really fast. <laughs> you don't think of yourself <laughs> as David, okay? I don't. That's not that's not how I hear it in my head. And you know what, Faith? I think that maybe you can't appreciate that, but I can. You don't have. I mean, you might have a, like uh, nicknames that people use for you that are terms of endearment style nicknames, but there is no there's no shorter version of Faith. Faith is as short as it gets, right? Right. No, all of my nicknames are longer actually than right. my actual name. Faith La. <laughs> like what are they? Faye. Like yeah. There's no there's no shortening of Faith that's acceptable. I agree. I would call you F bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean with you know people i've been called lex since literally my first day uh, alive and when people call me alexander it's fine and i'll respond to it but i don't think of it i mean i think of it as my name in a sense but i i don't think of myself as an alexander i'm right with you david i mean dave i hate you no, this got sorry. serious sorry i'm just i'm just trying to stay stay out of this that is a big difference though <laughs> alexander and david so right. I still don't, I still don't buy the Dave to David. Can you imagine though, if this were unprofessional with Alexander and David, it would be a completely different show. It wouldn't fit in that cell on the app. <laughs> Too long. I don't know. I, those guys sound like assholes. Alexander and David sounds like a couple of pretentious fucking toolboxes. <laughs> they sound <laughs> professional. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. They do the bizarro world version of the show. Where they're prepared. <laughs> it's a banking podcast. But Faith, you could just be Faithy Corby on that show. You'd fit right in. Yeah. Your name works on either side. Yep, pretty much. All right, so we're jealous of Faith's name. We've gotten that out of the way. Faith, tell tell the people, what, what do you do? What's your story? Um, well, <laughs> that's kind of complicated. The Anyone who's listening, I guess if they have heard of me or know who I am, they would know me from a podcast that I do called Geek Friday. So I am mainly known for the what little um, internet presence I have. Um, but I, by day, I am a copywriter. Um, by night, I am a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> like a superhero. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, did, you all, did you always, I mean, the podcasting part is obviously interesting to me too, but did you always want to be a copywriter? No, not at all. Um, I always wanted to be a writer. Um, and then I went to school for film, 
and journalism. Um, and then I don't know, the copywriting thing just kind of, uh, fell in my lap, uh, when I realized that I kind of had a knack for it and people would pay me to make their crappy, like copy sound really good. <laughs> so it was just kind of a, a no brainer thing. Yeah. It, I, I really Especially like if you it. describe it that way. Yeah. Right. You're going to say your, like your, your copy is crap. It's crappy. Right. I'm going to fix I, it for I, you. I, I just like the, the pairing of crappy copy. <laughs> I, hey, that's my job. I'm a wordsmith. Crappy copy. It has a ring to I'm it. Say, it's pretty snappy. I'm saying. I like it. Yeah. See, Faith and I don't know each other. This is very exciting for me. Now I'm getting to know Faith. This is good. <laughs> no. Yeah. We, we had never spoken before like five minutes ago. So That's right. This is exciting stuff for me right now. I don't really, I don't know anything about you, Lex, other than I think you have a lot of children from what I've heard. <laughs> I have three kids. <laughs> so many children. Approximately. Uh-huh. I'm a writer by trade. I write for Macworld and uh, I'm extremely handsome. That's basically all you need to know. Okay. Is that, was that your Twitter bio right there? That's, yeah, that's pretty much it. You got to stop saying that shit when I'm taking a drink. <laughs> <laughs> It has become one of my life's goals to make Dave spit out his drink while uh, f- via the internet. So I, when I don't even know that he's drinking, that's my big goal. Yeah. Well, it should be easy because I'm always drinking. <laughs> yeah. And I work on a treadmill desk. I don't podcast on a treadmill desk, but I work on one. Like all you day? You did last week. Yeah. I, I usually walk between six and eight hours a day um, at two miles an hour. Oh, that's pretty awesome. I envy you that. I just have a normal, no standing desk, no treadmill desk, just a normal, horrible sitting desk. You just sit there all day? Yes, it's awful. Doing nothing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> with, with, her, with her body. I mean, she's working. She's copywriting. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think you're going to hear that played back later, and you're going to think about your phrasing, and maybe you wish you would go in a different direction with that. I thought, I thought as I was speaking about what was the least <laughs> possibly double entendre-laden way to say it, but I gave up. There was just there was nothing I could do. It's okay, Lex. Mm. I didn't take it that way. I appreciate that. It's just Dave. I know. He's, he's the most. He's the least professional. <laughs> well, that's he's true. He's the least David-like on this show. <laughs> that's absolutely true. I, I've earned my single syllable. So you didn't go to school. For copy for copywriting or for writing, that's not. What you, I mean, you studied journalism. I studied journalism and, and film. Yes. What now? What's What's extra interesting to me is that I am, I guess, a journalist by trade, and I have never gone to journalism school. So you can tell me all the things I'm doing <laughs> wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, even technically, um, my minor was in journalism, and I was one class short of completing my minor. So you're a fraud. Yes, is what you're telling me. Well, so are you by that by that well, definition. Yes. <laughs> but we, th- I've never denied it. No, that's funny. Where'd you go to school? I went to Baylor. It's I. I don't know that anyone outside of Texas will have heard of it. I haven't even heard of Texas. So <laughs> yeah. I have to dial in a little bit more. I know it's a red state. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true. You're not in the red part. Though. No, no. I'm from. I live in the People's Republic of Austin. So <laughs> now Baylor is a, is a Christian university, right? It is the largest Baptist university in the world. It, did you grow up? Did you grow up religious and Baptist? Yes, both. Yes, I did. <laughs> wow. Are you, are you recovering or are you still, um, you know, am I recovering? Wow. Wow. Um, I'm, that, that, those are pretty dickish <laughs> way to phrase the question. <laughs> are you still an actively practicing Baptist is what my friend Dave means. Um, <laughs> Yes, though that's an odd that's an odd way to put it. But yeah, you you could say that. I guess it depends on like um I guess everybody has a stereotype uh working. I guess I'd be curious to hear which one Dave thinks I should be recovering from. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up I grew up in churches, so I'm mostly referring to uh my own perspective on the on, on that kind of relationship with uh church. Oh, okay. Well I'm sorry if you had a bad one average okay. I, I don't know <laughs> it's so we, we basically to middling faith and i had opposite schooling situations because i went to brandeis which is like the jewiest school that's not an officially jewish school <laughs> in the world there were i, I mean there might have been baptists there but i didn't know them oh no i'm just hanging on jewiest <laughs> yeah brandeis puts the jew in education did you go to christian schools growing up no no um 
I was homeschooled growing up. Homeschooled? I had no idea yes. he lied. <laughs> well, here, a better tie-in for you here. Maybe I should have told you this before. So my dad is actually a professor at the university that I went to. Huh, um, so as a professor growing up, he was very opinionated as to the way that I or myself and my brothers would be educated. So yeah, I was homeschooled my entire life, like preschool all the way through high school. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you never went to a public school. And the first time you went to a school with, with that wasn't taught in your home essentially was when you went to college. Yes, to Baylor. that is true. That had to be a shock. No, no, not at all. No, no, because it's not like I had never left my house before. Or like <laughs> humans. <laughs> oh, I assume humans of all sizes. <laughs> I had never been around Father. people. Um, no, no, it it wasn't at all. And I think also, especially because my dad um, is a professor. Um, you know, I I grew up being around college kids a lot, um, and in that kind of that academic setting, albeit you know it wasn't pre-k through you know senior year of high school so i kind of missed well that but um no no it wasn't it wasn't that much of a shock now it is kind of funny because um whenever pretty much anyone will make reference to like oh yeah uh, well you know in high school i i have no idea what anyone really is talking about because i have no reference for that yeah i can imagine so you know it's interesting because what i want to ask you is you know how how you felt about being homeschooled and especially in the sense of how did it compare to public school, but you have no frame of reference to answer that question. So I can't actually get the answer. Well, I guess the the question you can answer is, did you enjoy uh, going or being homeschooled? I guess. Um, I mean, I, I did, I guess because I didn't know any different, like it's hard to say, you know, that I was sitting around thinking, Oh, I wish I had like this other, I was experiencing, you know, normal, normal school. Um, but yeah, I, I did. I did really, I did really enjoy it. Did you ever have a sense that maybe you wish things had been different or? <laughs> okay, hold on. Can I stop you guys for a second? Tell me, because whenever I bring this up, I feel like um, people kind of tiptoe around it. Like, because let's be honest, like everybody has a stereotype of like what homeschool kids are like, um, whether it's like an excess amount of like flannel or denim and like somehow like milking (laughs) animals like comes into play. So like if we want to just like air whatever stereotypes we're working with, then we can maybe like I can dispel those. I don't know. My my view on this is going to be skewed. I spent a lot of my school years. Uh, I moved around a lot, so I was I was by myself a lot. Mm-hmm. I I probably had less social interaction than you did. Uh, so I, I guess the stereotype would be didn't spend a lot of time around people. But I went to school and didn't spend that much time around people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, where I'm coming from is, I want to be homeschooling my kids. I would. I want my wife is a special ed teacher and. Um, I want her to, to homeschool our kids because I don't love public school in general, mm-hmm. um, even though we live in a town with very good public schools. But she's she she would much prefer to, to go back to work. She's been not working for a while as we had all these various children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's one, you know, uh, flaw in that plan. And the other thing is that I keep seeing I'm curious about how the homeschooling went, because, I, you know, I have uh, several uh, let's say hippie friends who do homeschooling right now and Maybe. they all have very weird uh, curricula where um, like I know the, I have one friend where she posted a picture on Facebook just a couple of days ago saying uh, today's lesson was on teamwork collaboration and planning and it took them one hour and 20 minutes to climb this tree and it was a picture of her two kids sitting in the tree and apparently the, the schoolwork for that day was climb this tree so did you have a lot of cl- tree climbing exercises that you did um, no my my parents um, I I'm gonna try I don't have to be PC, right? Correct. If you were, I would just edit that stuff. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So there are a lot of, I think, Lex, as you put it, like super hippie um, homeschool families, but there are also super uptight homeschool families (laughs) where it's... You fell into the latter category? No. No. um, 
my parents were much more um, relaxed. Uh, you know, my, my dad is a professor and he's also a filmmaker. Uh, and so is my mom. So when my older brother and I were younger, we, we traveled a lot. Um, my Actually, this was one of my only days in a traditional school. My brother and I, well, and my parents, we lived in Haiti for, the, I was like four or five years old. Um, so because they did things like that, it was kind of more, they needed us to be transportable, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> and like be able to like adapt to kind of like what they were doing. So our schooling was a lot, was a, like focused a lot around just like being, being with my parents and like experiencing different, you know, things, whether that was, whether we were traveling or, you know, helping, you know, learning with my dad was doing a, a film or stuff like that. So it, it was very, it was less stringent on, you know, we're just going to have like an actual classroom, but it's going to be in our living room and we're going to go through all of these textbooks. It was much more like life experience focused. And I don't mean climbing trees. No. Well, so... Did you feel prepared when you got to college or not? Did you feel, were you, when you, you know, was college reasonable? Were you I was totally bored when I got to college? I see, that's good. That means you had a successful homeschooling, right? <laughs> um, I, or a shitty college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I was bored. I wasn't, um, I, I don't think I was, yeah, I don't know the, the structure of it though. It wasn't hard for me to adjust to. I kind of felt, um, Mm, confined by I, I don't know I was just always like the kind of person who would do like all of my projects and homework like on a Friday night to like get it finished with and I realized that I was very strange for <laughs> for doing it like that just because growing up that's how you know if you had a project you would get that finished and then you would go on to the next one and there was none of this like kind of learning to procrastinate I guess I never learned that so, I wish I had that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so when I when I went to college, I I was bored because I realized I didn't know how to procrastinate. So I would just get all of my reading and assignments and everything finished, and then I would have nothing else really to do. If you'd like to learn how to procrastinate, I'd be happy to teach. <laughs> I have a totally different take on that, though, because I always I was the way you were mm -hmm. um, because I think because I felt like I was a jerk is too strong, but I was doing it um, with a, at least a selfish or slash obnoxious motivation. I hate to have work over my head um, that I haven't done. So throughout high school and certainly in college, you know, when we got an assignment that was, my wife and I took a couple, we, we weren't married yet, but we took a couple of the same classes and she was always a procrastinator, stay up all night on the day it was due kind of person. And I was always a do it the first weekend I have the assignment so that I can get it done. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like I had nothing to do after that. I felt like I could rub it in her face and everybody else's face that I didn't have to do it anymore because I was done. And then I could just do whatever I wanted. I appreciate that's like, that was my favorite thing. In, well, that was my favorite thing in college, but it was it was a, a very enjoyable thing for me. It was the ability to get my work done and then be able to screw off the rest of the time. I th See, I didn't do my work early, and I didn't do my work the last minute. I would do my work about three days after it was due, <laughs> which might help explain some of my academic success. <laughs> or lack thereof. Right, right. I mean, I think somewhere in the middle of those four years, I probably learned how to, you know, chillax a bit and and revel in being finished with things early um and then i i did but i i mainly filled those you know the downtime with extracurricular activities but there there was a learning curve there definitely you actually did get a spit take from me on chillax <laughs> Dave, we should pause for a second, as, as much fun as Faith is, because we need to acknowledge uh, this week's sponsor. Do you remember the sponsor for the week? I do now. Oh, good. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's many tricks, and they make, as you know, a bunch of cool apps. And I have a personal affection for many tricks, since uh, one of the, the two guys behind it is Rob Griffiths, who used to be a senior editor at Macworld. Oh, and wow. when, when he quit, it led to a slow chain of events that eventually landed with me getting hired there. So that worked out nicely. Uh, but many tricks. So here, here's some of the things they make. They make Moom. Um, I've heard Jim of Moom. Ray. Yeah, Jim Ray from Yule, as you may have heard. He loves it. He, but yeah, he, he does. 
He's told me all about it. So it's a window management utility. So it, you know, you, you click on the little, uh, the green button on the windows on OS 10 and it, it lets you do all kinds of cool trickery with the windows. They make which for switching between windows and, uh, they make usher for managing your movie collection. So, uh, they call them helpful apps. I know uh, Dan Frakes over at Macworld loves them too. And pretty much everybody in the whole like Mac nerd community loves the things that Many Tricks makes because they make power user tools. Yeah, and anything that makes that green button useful is a winner in my book. <laughs> I will say the default OS 10 green button is as close to useless as something can be without being useless. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't want to go off about that button, but uh, I'm glad that somebody finally made it useful. Right. So with, uh, yeah, with, with, with Moom's, uh, yeah, with Moom, you get the, when you click on the green button, you can move and resize windows with point and click. And they've got a free demo of that one. I think they have a free demo of all of them. Um, but it's, it's worth taking a look at. They're at manytricks.com. And, uh, I mean, we've only hit some of their apps between Moom and Witch and Usher. I know they also have Name Mangler for renaming a bunch of files at once. And they're good guys. They know a lot about the Mac and they're, they, they have a great blog where they're very transparent about, you know, apps that eventually sort of got evicted from the Mac app store, but they sell everything direct. Mm-hmm. They have good prices. They're nice people. Uh, they have I a great website. That, yeah. And Rob does, I think all of their support. And this guy's a former professional editor. He's actually <laughs> A true fact, as opposed to a false fact. Rob Griffiths was the inventor of macOS10hints.com, which, you know, years later when it got acquired by Macworld is how he ended up being a senior editor of Macworld. But he made it. Everybody knows OS10hints.com. I love their logo, the Mini Tricks logo. Uh, it looks like it's going to kill me, but I'll enjoy it. <laughs> it's. I always think of it as the ninja version of the spinning beach ball of death. Yeah, I, I go along with that. But uh, so once again, it's manytricks.com, and we're very grateful to them for sponsoring. And uh, you want to check them out. They've got, I, I, there are some many tricks apps that I use every day, and uh, I like that. Any company that can make an app I'm going to use every day, I like. That's why I like you porn so much. <laughs> <laughs> so go, go to manytricks.com right now. If there's only one thing you do while listening to this podcast, that's what it should be. If there's two things you're doing while you're listening to this podcast, I'd appreciate if you didn't tell us about at least one of them. (laughs) But if there's a third thing that you can add in, I know you're a multitasker. You got to like us on Facebook. Even more importantly, you've got to uh, rate us five stars and maybe write a a beautiful, loving, affectionate review on iTunes. But on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash unprofesh. On Twitter, it's Facebook. (laughs) On Twitter, it's also (laughs) facebook.com slash unprofesh. That's amazing. And on iTunes, it's go to the search bar and type in unprofessional and you'll find us. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's funny because you know i was just thinking about how it's much more intriguing and i, I think this is sexist and chauvinistic of me but it's much more intriguing Probably. for me to hear uh faith say extracurriculars than it is for me to say extracurriculars i think when women say extracurriculars it has an extra connotation to it unfairly that it doesn't have when i say it for me extracurriculars like were writing for the newspaper i don't know I, when <laughs> when i think and this is not a, this like is not pole an, dancing club what are you talking <laughs> about sure no extracurriculars could be could be dating could be uh going out on the town she could be using it literally shopping doing her hair or comedically whereas when i say it i think this might just be a reflection of my own nerdiness i think about yes my extracurriculars are brandis where i wrote for the student newspaper and i you know i i worked for the whatever club and Lex, all that garbage. that's what i meant <laughs> I, I believe it. Okay. I'm not saying that she didn't mean that. I'm just saying that I, what's hilarious to me is my own, like, oh, she could be using that term in the literal translation, or she could be using it metaphorically. And, and the best part is that you keep saying she like she's not here. It wasn't in the metaphorical sense. Got, so you finished your work early, and then you immediately went to uh, study with the Bible group. I guess the whole school was the Bible group. <laughs> Yes, and then they all went shopping and did their nails. <laughs> did you have Did you have any classes where your dad was the professor? Um, I had like at least three or four, and it wasn't at all weird because he had taught you your whole life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this was closer to your childhood school. <laughs> yeah, except that there were a lot more people there. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all my brothers and sisters. Did that, make, <laughs> did that make it more awkward? <laughs> that there were other people there. Right, because suddenly then it's like you have an audience. Um, like you're used to being in class, uh, you're used to being in quote-unquote class at home where you can call him <laughs> dad and you can, you know, eat potato chips or whatever in the middle. And now there are all these other people there and you probably have to call him professor and, no, you know, not goof off. No, it wasn't strange. I think the only, hmm, one time I did, 
have take one of my dad's class um, with my older brother, though. I think that was the only <laughs> time that, that and that not that I had never done that before, but we had never been like graded against one another before. So uh, that got a little competitive. This is a gold mine of Lex and I sounding unintentionally condescending. <laughs> <laughs> unintentionally condescending was another name that we considered for this show. <laughs> I well either I'm like extremely naive, which is wholly possible, or you aren't as much as you think. Because I didn't catch that. Oh, you can get over it. I'm not easily offended. Well, that's good. Oh, oh, let's work on that. Uh, <laughs> but let's let's dive right into. Uh, no, but that's I, th- I see. I think that's nice. I, I you know the truth is I'm hoping for not for scandal, but I'm hoping for more intrigue that I think is there. You en- you do you had no objection to being homeschooled. You. Um, assimilated uh adapted fine to to going to baylor and when you compete well when you compete with your older brother this is the important thing who who got the better grade oh i did of course of course <laughs> of course and if what you're get, trying to get at lex is i guess the true success of my homeschooling um career um i mean i would say that the true success comes in i mean i fully plan on homeschooling my kids so oh interesting that's good you have kids <laughs> no <laughs> no when i have kids oh i like that it's a when and not if though that's good oh yeah wait why is that good well because that means well, i take that to mean that she's taking her future into her own hands that faith is saying if i'm gonna have uh, i want to have kids at some point and i'm going to make it happen no matter what i like that i like a, a per, you know i like that you have a plan so you, and you dislike people who don't want to have kids no i just like that she didn't say if if she's actually wanting to do it i like that she doesn't just say you know if i can have kids one day then i want to homeschool them she's saying that she wants to i like that thank you i think that was she, that was very loaded but uh, thank you i think there was a compliment really sure. what, here's what i'm trying to say what i'm trying so to I'm say sure is, what he means i interpret it as when i have kids means a i could have i could get married and have kids b i could adopt kids c i could get artificially inseminated and have kids that way but she's saying she doesn't it doesn't it, it won't there won't be any element of fate involved in faith's choice to have kids at some point she will have kids i like she that's could how steal I them it. right she abduction could kidnap some children from a playground right homegrown whatever <laughs> in a lab <laughs> <laughs> they teach that at baylor <laughs> now wait you went to baylor and you grew up as an observant baptist but you said you're in the blue state part i thought that all baptists were red staters <laughs> i don't know oh wait. keep reaching let's keep wait, reaching wait. say like that it. again slower i, I don't mind ans- I, I don't we can go there if you want <laughs> Well, here's the truth. It's, uh, basically, the only thing I know about Baptist is I'm guessing it has the same root as baptism. I, I, uh, as, a, as a sheltered <laughs> Jew, pretty much all Christians are Christian to me. So I, I need to, I need to, I'm expressing my surprise that somebody who went to a Baptist school um, and had uh, Baptist homeschooling parents would, be, uh, would be, live in the Democratic Mecca of Texas. Because I feel like all religious and observant Christians would, or few observant and religious Christians would fall into that camp. And I could be dead wrong. I'm, I'm asking you to enlighten me now. I need enlightening. No, um, that's, that's, not, that's not true. Uh, if, if we're talking about probably, you know, the majority of conservative Southern Baptists, sure. Um, but I mean, as a whole, no. There are, there are plenty of liberals to go around. Now, as as an Austinite though, are you a are you a Lance Armstrong fan or decrier? Oh wow, we're just gonna bring up everything that could possibly be remotely controversial, huh? That's cool. <laughs> this is. I feel I'm feeling so awkward right now. Well, I, I don't feel awkward at all. I don't I'm, either. I, I, I don't either. I I'm appreciate intrigued. your candor. Um, there's a there's a, a tempest here. <laughs> okay, sorry, Lex. I'm, I'm just trying to no, stir no. shit up. Ask, no, I'm not. Ask me <laughs> that again. No, I want to, as an Austinite, I want to know, do you have strong feelings one way or the other over uh, Lance Armstrong, who I believe is either a native Austinite or lives now in Austin? Um, I believe he is both native and he does currently live here, too. Um, pretty much, I feel, as all Austinites do, um, th- they had um, like a vigil outside of his bike shop. When then I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this has happened on more than one occasion. Like candles were lit. Yes, <laughs> the night that they they stripped him of all of his his titles, there was like, <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's 
that's how we feel about him. <laughs> so wow. So fi- you and I now finally have something to disagree on. Really. This sounds like a strong connection to us, but I used to work with Lance Armstrong. The The very short version of the story is I was a co-founder of a website called The Daily Plate that was a diet tracking website. And then a company called Demand Media bought The Daily Plate so they could plug in the diet tracking functionality into a new health website they were making called Livestrong.com in partnership with Lance. And early on, Lance wanted total oversight of everything we did, every page he wanted to sign off on. And so, you know, he would come to some of our meetings and he would want us to email him stuff and he would want to sign off on all the things we did. And I just found that in general, uh, he was a dick and <laughs> that was problematic for me because I don't like dicks. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, he was, he was unpleasant to work with and was constantly, um, I think I would describe it as both condescending and, uh, deceitful. And so early on, I had no opinion. Then, you know, very early on in the process, before I had the chance to get to know him, it was just, you know, like, hello, nice to meet you and shake your hand. I was thinking, um, you know, I got into following the tour to, do I say tour de France or tour de France? My brain angrily debates in my head, but I was, I would watch the tour de France online during that event because it was like, Hey, I know about this now since I work with Lance, but very quickly, um, over the first few months that he was working with us, he would just, he would, uh, you know, be obnoxious and then lie all the time. Would he ask you a bunch of awkward personal questions about your upbringing and your religion and your, (laughs) yeah, he had me on his podcast and he touched totally bad. He's, he made jokes about my being a woman and religious, uh, my hometown heroes. Exactly. Right. Uh, but no, I mean, so I decided then well, I mean, this was, I don't know, 2000, uh, 2008, or nine, probably 2008. But that's when I decided he must have doped because he's lying and acting like a dick all the time. And I think this is pathological behavior. And so I now believe everybody, even though for so long I was, you know, I either had no interest or didn't buy into it. But then I decided so you're, he's you're saying that his level of being a dick was so competitive that he could have only attain that level of dickishness <laughs> through artificial means. Yes. Yes. Nobody's no, naturally that dicky. I no. Honestly, what I'm saying is. I, I think that people are gen- – I mean, everybody <laughs> has flaws, but I think that people are generally good people or bad people, and I got the sense that he was just not a great guy and that uh, he he seemingly had lying built into his personality, and that told me that uh, I, I didn't have to trust anything he'd ever said. I hmm. do believe he had testicular cancer, though. I'm willing to accept that. Oh, wow. I do like on Lance Armstrong's Wikipedia page when it lists all of his uh, nicknames. Like the boss, Juan Pelota, which refers to his testicles. Big Tex, I don't know what that refers to. The Texan, and Mellow Johnny, which I believe is also the name of his bike shop, right? Yes, it is. Aren't those all street names for the drugs he was using? Mellow Mellow Johnny is actually uh, refers to the yellow jersey. It's a anglification of uh, the French term for the yellow jersey. And Juan Pelota is actually his coffee shop too. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's take a step back. Speaking speaking of uh, let's say athleticism, you're also a ballerina. I yes, I am. I am. Um, I, I think that that also going back to your question of if being around people was a shock for me, Dave. Once I got to to college, um, no, it was not, and that actually had a a great deal to do with it. Because um, I think even if I had gone to you know public school, I would have. I I started taking ballet when I was three years old um, and did my my whole life. And that um, there was a time there that I thought that that's what I wanted to do professionally. So that took up so much of my time. Um, that's when, I mean, being homeschooled was a really great benefit and um, accommodated my crazy dance schedule. So... So yeah, um, obviously did not become a professional ballerina. So um, dream fail there, but, <laughs> but <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> why not? Um, yeah, I got I got injured when I was seventeen. Were you doping? No, I know, right? Wow, the crazy how this is going to weave all the way through. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, I dislocated my metatarsal in my right foot. Um, and I did not know that I did that. And I kept dancing on it for a month. 
You've never walked since. No. <laughs> well, I have not danced on point since. And that's kind wow. of, um, you know, a requirement for one who wants to be a professional ballet dancer. So, yeah, that kind of uh, derailed derailed that, that plan. You know, in solidarity with you, I'm never going to dance on point again from this moment on. <laughs> Thank you. Guilty feet ain't gotten over rhythm. <laughs> that's right. Thank you. Um, but I did... I did start um, teaching. My mom actually had a, a ballet school uh, when I was growing up. And so I, I taught at her school um, since I was in high school. And I did that also when I was in college. And I, I still do that, actually. So um, that's definitely something that I think, even though um, isn't as big of a part of my life as I had hoped or, not, or planned, even, it, it always will be. Like, I, it's one of those things where, like, um, like I'll go crazy if I'm not involved to some degree. I don't know. I feel like everybody has something like that. Yeah, I'm that way with music. Yeah. I go nuts if I don't have a guitar. Even living over in Europe, I had to take my guitar with me just because even if I, if I didn't think I was going to do anything with it, I had to have it there. It's kind of my security blanket. I'm really embarrassed by, my, by what my thing is. Is it an actual I, I could, security blanket? No, I could say it's, you know, writing, but I, I, you can write whether people want to let you write or not. So that's not really it. For me, it's, I get stressful feeling. I feel stress if I don't have free time to do something that I want to do that is totally useless at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what it is. It's usually something like watch TV or read a book. But for me, it's if I don't have some kind of leisure time that I devote to doing nothing of importance at some point during the day, that's when I feel really angsty. Huh. Angsty? Angsty. You don't seem like a, an angsty kind of guy. Well, that's because I always make sure I get my fucking leisure time, Dave. No, it's <laughs> no, it's you know I I think I feel as much stress as anybody else um, in general. But I just I feel like this this goes to a, a larger, broader problem of mine that I think we talked about with Guy a little bit last time um, of where I. I feel this constant pressure for all the different things I like doing. And I don't know which thing to spend my time. doing. like, Hey, I could read from my Insta paper queue or I could read a book or I could write my own book or I could watch yeah. TV or I could watch a movie. And I feel all the stress about it. And if so, sometimes I get conflicted and I don't know what to do. So I'm like, forget, I'm just going to do nothing or <laughs> I'm going to do like the least rewarding of those activities. Um, and that's a key stressor in my life is figuring out how to spend that free time. But I, I just have to make sure that I do something that makes me feel good for having done so and then yeah you know I, I like uh well maybe not you lex but maybe it would be hanukkah like christmas <laughs> afternoon or what the the seventh day whatever whatever your thing is <laughs> sure just just go the, just go the baptist <laughs> way just, and i'll, I'll figure I'm just it gonna out go, i'm just gonna go with the christmas thing <laughs> i'll translate on the fly <laughs> so you know it's like christmas afternoon you've you've already gone through the excitement of unwrapping and now you're just like surrounded by stuff and distractions and you feel like you have every opportunity in the world and you get that blue sky paralysis of you don't know what you want to play with. You don't know what you want to do. I kind of feel like that every day. I feel like I, I well, I could work on this. I could do uh, like paying work. I could go write a song. I could go take pictures. I could go write a movie. And some days I get nothing done at all because I spend my entire day thinking about what I could be doing. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I don't spend the whole day doing it, but I get stressed out about it. It's it's definitely my I think, and this is a very I think, um, first world problem. But it's it's definitely I think my primary stressor in life is making sure I'm doing the right things with my time. Yeah. Wait. So the stress comes in the deciding what to do, and not necessarily there being so many things to choose from. Oh no! It's it's both. Oh, okay. It's, it's both. But at it, it, no point for me is it ever the stress of trying to get something done. Like once I've chosen a path or a path has been chosen for me, I just push forward and I keep doing what I'm doing, and I love it. But it's making that decision. I have a really hard time with. But Faith, you you don't have this problem at all. <laughs> Sorry, Faith I, I is was like, trying not I'm to. Just happy. No, I was trying not to like psychoanalyze Dave too much and like. Oh please, <laughs> no. please! That's, we that's, love when that. This show is actually just for Dave's psychological benefit. <laughs> Mostly, so just bring it in. I want to hear what you have to say about that. About psychoanalyzing you, or about? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. About psychoanalyzing. Or Tell, about the, let's talk like, about me. About the being <laughs> hyper about having. No, I I've always been someone who um I constantly feel um hyper and maybe a bit anxious that I'm not doing enough or like getting enough um accomplished and I don't even necessarily mean in like 
a daily task sense, but in kind of the bigger picture sense. Because I've always like had this list of vocations or even like, you know, a a bucket list, you could even say. I have so many things that I want to do. And I just kind of constantly feel like there's this big like, I don't know, hourglass and like my time, like my sand is like running out and I just have to like (laughs) always be doing something or else I'm just like panicked that I'm not going to get to do everything that I want to do. Yep. So, (laughs) so yeah, I don't have a bucket list, but I do have what I call my awesome list Oh, keep in my notes app on my phone. And it's a bucket list is, uh, sort of admitting mortality, which I don't like doing. I don't like thinking too much about that. I mean, we're all going to die, but again, trying not to psychoanalyze you continue. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll talk Uh... after the show. I would much rather have a list where the, the, the top item at the list, the title of the list, isn't something to do with death. <laughs> I call yeah. it the awesome list because it's, it's, it's a list of awesome things. Oh, I mean, I and, don't think uh, about death when I look at my list. It's like bucket. I think of like an actual bucket, and it's just like, oh, this is a list of things I have to do. <laughs> After, yeah, I always think of, uh, think of the movie. The dude's dying. And they, yeah, so the, yeah they, the movie is pretty fatalistic. Right. Right, so maybe that influences this. But anyway, I've uh, seen that movie, by the way. I just want to make sure everybody caught that. that <laughs> Lex is that very proud of himself. For having I seen have the seen movie. that movie. That and Back to the Future. And so my list, it's, it's things that, some of these I've done, like skydiving or, or uh, um, getting drunk and playing at a piano bar. Wait, were those two list items? Or was that one? <laughs> getting drunk and playing <laughs> at a piano bar? Yeah. Okay. So it was the combination. Got I've it. been drunk. Okay. <laughs> I was just checking. That happens sorry. all the time. <laughs> I'm drunk now. What else is on your list? Um, let's see. Jet skis. I want to ride a jet ski. Wait, I've done that. All right, I'll put a check mark. That's still on the list, though. Like some of these are things that I want to do again, like the skydiving things, jet skis, uh, ultralight airplanes. I saw that on an episode of MythBusters. Um, I want to go sailing. I want to get uh, my motorcycle license. I want to learn to dance. Ballet. I've, I've given oh. up on learning to dance. <laughs> I, and I want to. I want to tell a sea turtle to go fuck himself. <laughs> is <laughs> I don't believe that that's really on your list. I swear to God, it really is. So, is it on your list because like you read that sea turtles have both sex organs? Have so you ever capable? seen? Have you ever seen a picture of a sea turtle? Yeah, they look smug as shit. All right. All right. I just, so just feel like just they crazy. need to be told off. I do not have an official written down list anywhere. There's no you know, encoded Lex list of things to do. Um, and th- I think this is part of where that stress of what fun thing should I do comes from because, you know, I, I've, I've published two actual books. And if you add in eBooks, I've published four whole books. Exciting. Amazing. What, what, a what are the two actual person. books? Uh, the kid in the crib, a Dr. Seuss parody for adults and, uh, the Snuggie Sutra, which <laughs> should have been called the Slanket Sutra. Anyway, um, <laughs> um but so the Snuggie Sutra, of course, is exactly what it sounds like. It's um, the sequel to War and Peace. No, it's a hundred sexual positions you can do with a Snuggie. But, you know, obviously not I mean, Wait, as, as your partner or with your partner? <laughs> involving your partner. Nice. I think there are two masturbatory positions in the book. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would say... Aren't you glad you came on the show? And oh some of God. them are group positions. I just want to point that out. But it's available wherever books are sold and Amazon. Uh, which is also a place where books are sold. Anyway, <laughs> my point is, I'm proud of those books. I'm happy that I have written them. But I keep thinking, you know, I could, and certainly, you know, even The Kid in the Crib counts as a fiction book. It does tell a story, but it's, you know, it's a, a rhyming Seuss-style story told in the style of a children's book. Um, and I feel like I could write um, novels of the type that I enjoy. And, you know, I could work more on this children's music album that I've been trying to create and stuff. But those things take time where it's time that I don't spend with the rest of my family. And I want to make sure I spend lots of time with my family and I want to make because sure there's so I'm... many of them. Right. Exactly. Uh, but you know, I'm not going to work on a book while my kids are awake because that's time that I can know the kids. But then if I go do it while my kids are asleep then that's time that I'm spending away from my wife. So I'd rather just hang out with her. And so then it means I just kind of never do the other things. It's the kind of thing where I feel like I need to take a leave of absence from work for two years and get a bunch of creative projects done. But I'm, you know, the sole breadwinner, and I uh, really like having salaries and insurance, and I'm, I'm hesitant to take that time. So what you need to do is put your wife to work. <laughs> yes. I need, to, I need to put Lauren to work. That's right. She's going to get her own podcast. Okay, so I'm ready for my psychoanalysis <laughs> now, Faith. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, 
I, I mean, I think that Dr. maybe Corpy. you made me you you made me realize. <laughs> did you just call me Doctor Corpy? I did. Yes. That's my father. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> He's. I have to say, of all the Baptist professors I know, he is the one. <laughs> Well, no, you don't know him. That's true. He's my favorite, though. <laughs> oh, you made me forget what I was going to say. That's okay. It was your psychoanalysis of me. Oh, no. Well, you just made me realize maybe that has something to do with um, the level of panic that I feel, too, because I don't I don't have kids nor a wife. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, you know, Ladies. my time is my own right now. Um, so I guess that's another reason to try to tick off as many list items as I can. I'm suddenly feeling really awkward about me saying ladies because uh, I, I guess the way you phrased that, it did, I, I couldn't tell if that was a joke or not. It was. Okay. <laughs> I, I just want to point <laughs> out for like, those of you not paying enough attention that Dave just delicately felt around the issue of <laughs> is faith straight? I just think, I think that's great. Oh no, I was about to flat out ask. I'm just thinking through it in my head like I might have just sounded like a real asshole and I didn't mean to. I mean that happens all the time but this is basically Dave saying, now, can I t- test out my game now, or is it a wasted effort? Or should I just hit on Lex? Faith knows I have a huge crush on her. <laughs> I've heard. That is the rumor. I'm going to show myself out. <laughs> the rumor. <laughs> Dave has sent me a screenshot of his awesome list, and it does indeed include telling a sea turtle to go fuck himself. I have to say there See? is at least one extremely lame item on this list. If you feel, if you honestly feel, Dave, like, God, I just have to tour the Doritos factory before I die... I think you need higher goals. I think you could aim higher. I'm not saying that is the goal. I'm just saying that sounds like a cool thing to do. All right. If you say so. Wait, that was the... Oh, well, okay. I'm still questioning the sea turtle one, but okay. If you think that was more lame. (laughs) Somebody somebody told me there was a a Doritos factory that you could tour, and I thought, hey, that sounds great. Maybe someday I'll do that. I'll put it on the list. Hey, you know, you, you can you can tour a whole lot of factories. I think you should put tour all the factories on your list. <laughs> it was just an idea. It's a it's a way to fill time. This is why it's not the bucket list. It's just these are things that sound awesome. So, so in fact, this is almost the opposite of a bucket list in that, hey, if I don't do this by my, by the time I die, who gives you shit? <laughs> it's just boring stuff like touring a Doritos factory. Yeah, I don't factory feel like compulsion to do them. It's just like, hey, if I'm looking for shit to do, <laughs> do you, there's a Doritos factory. Do you like Doritos? Not really. <laughs> I once made a commercial for Doritos. I'd love to see how they're made. Wait, you di- oh, wait. I need to hear more about this. It, it never aired. This so the, there was a year. I don't remember exactly. I, you know, my wife was pregnant for the first time, so it was probably two thousand six, late two thousand six. This was, and this was the first time it was happening, where Doritos turned to the internet to create their Super Bowl ad. And so there was a contest where you would create a thirty second ad for Doritos, and then it would be judged, and then there would be voting. Um, so judged by Doritos and then voting by the public for which one would be their actual Super Bowl ad. And I had at that time an actual camcorder with a tape in it, you know, an old school 2006 style. He's a and real filmmaker. It was, it, you know, it was, I was the only person in the finals who submitted like a standard deaf thing. So mine clearly looked homemade and everybody else's looked professional. Everybody else had HD cameras, uh, which is what I'm blaming my loss on. But I wrote a jingle for Doritos in this. Anytime I've entered a video contest, I always turn to song. But the um, the the jingle that I wrote, I still can't believe they had never used. Uh, and the, oh, the please theme, sing it. The theme was, "I love Doritos. Are you gonna eat those?" And that was uh, that was the, the jingle, and it repeated like eight hundred times. Uh, there were other lyrics as well, but uh, it, I was a finalist. I was in the top ten, but I didn't get it. You're in the top ten. I was. Oh. It was. A, it was a good video, and I think it exists nowhere now. I know it doesn't exist on the internet anymore. Everything exists on the internet. All right. Well, if anybody finds my Doritos ad, let me know. Well, someone will now. <laughs> that I'm was my whole point. I have the MP3 of the of the audio track. Oh, I, well. I can't find. I can't find. Oh wait, I totally have the video right here on my computer. So everything I said is a lie. I'll, I'll send it to you, Dave. You can put it in the show notes. <laughs> Put it up on YouTube. We'll my my wife is hilariously pregnant in this video. My wife is a very small person. She's more than a foot shorter than I am, and I'm only three feet tall. Uh, so <laughs> her being extremely, like, I think she's at least 15 months pregnant. It's hilarious. There's there's a bunch of stuff wrong with that. <laughs> what? I'm a midget and I can't have an elephant wife? Is that what you're trying to tell me? 
we'll start there. <laughs> so filmmaking. Faith, you studied film. Have, have you made any Doritos commercials? No, I have not made any Doritos commercials. But I, now I do have another list item. So thank you for that say, list. I was going to say, put it on the list. <laughs> What's on your, your bucket list? Um, It's not so much like activities. I mean, I guess there are maybe like trips I would want to take. I, um, I really want to go to Russia. <laughs> I think that's probably like my, my number one. I have to do this before in my lifetime. Um, why there? Um, because I was really obsessed with the movie Anastasia when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was in Russia when I was pretty young and I was terrified the whole time. Really? We were there. He's also terrified everywhere he goes. So. <laughs> we were there literally like six days before the coup that took Gorbachev out of power. Oh. Not that there was any indication that was going to be happening then, but we were warned the whole time. It was on a cruise, so it was just like we were there for a day or something. And we were warned, you know, Who that everybody was Cruises to Russia. I don't know, my parents. But every day that all the people in the street would try to steal everything from us and to be really careful and to not buy anything from all the people selling stuff on the black market. So I was, I was young and I was terrified. So that's my Russia story. Continue. What else is on the list? Um, well, no. So <laughs> my list is actually um, more of a That's it. like go to Russia <laughs> occupations that I that I want to try, like achievements or or things like that. Yeah. No, she wants to go, tell us what are or, or are they secret? Um, no, I guess they're they're not they're not secret. Once you say them, though, I guess there is that kind of like added pressure of like, oh, like people know about these right. now. So they're going to like kind of like keep tabs on you when really the reality is nobody gives a crap and <laughs> nobody's going to ask you. <laughs> um, I don't know. I would like to be um, a, a, like edit movie trailers. I think that would be like really awesome to do. Um, if you ever do that and you could put my name in, I would love to be the voiceover guy for a movie trailer. <laughs> you, you could be really good at that. And I'm not, you. I'm got the voice that. in a land. <laughs> That's all I got. Um, a radio show host was actually on my list once upon a time, which I guess I can kind of check that I'm off. I'm giving you full credit for it. Y- I'm giving you a full no holds barred check. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's no question. No question. Um, I mean, if you had a local radio show, how many listeners would you have? I, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a show. It's audio. It's on a network. There's people who listen to it. Um, which ones did I say? Yeah. So movie <laughs> trailer House editor. Movie trailer um, I would really like to do more like choreography because of my background in dance. Um, I would really like to race cars. <laughs> you should do all of these things at the same time. Um, I'm trying. I'm working. That's the point of this, Dave. I'm trying really hard to do as many of them at the same time as I can. Are you dying? <laughs> no. 